Should we all just hit record? Three, two, one, then? I already did. I already hit it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Just to get started here, we have with us our our Florida correspondent, Isaac. Um, How are things, by the way? I know there was some sort of uh, weather-based catastrophe recently. Yeah, yeah. A a Democrat magnet-induced storm (laughs) to... To mess up DeSantis, a they them uh, hurricane, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was all over Rumble trying to find their mm-hmm. uh, crazy hurricane <laughs> conspiracies, and it's pretty good, man. I, although okay. I kept getting like Alan Dershowitz uh, posts pushed to me, which was kind of oh, weird. Really? Yeah, oh, Rumble wow. also based here in Sarasota, where I'm from. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. I didn't know yeah, I we I have we have Rumble assume. and we have Truth Social here, both headquartered in Sarasota. <laughs> hmm. I wonder what their like relationship is as because you know they're, they're colleagues in a sense they're also mm-hmm. competitors but at the end of the day it's it's just all all them versus the deep state so you think yeah, yeah. To like get a happy hour at something at the cabana well uh the they're empty the offices are pretty empty like when oh, you sure. go when you go to the truth social one it's just a po box basically so i think oh, it's mostly for like tax purposes that makes sense but we also have uh, General Michael Flynn living here now. Oh, all right. Uh, Great. He, has this, Name drop. he has this place called uh, The Hollows. And it's like mm-hmm. a place where like conservatives go get married. Um, <laughs> it's like a beautiful place near this the park where, you know, the Gabby Petito story? Oh, yeah, yeah sure. She where died. Brian Laundrie died. That was, that's right next to where General oh. Flynn. Wait, he died? What happened to him? He killed himself. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They did like that dog, the bounty hunters, like, oh, we're going to get him. He's like, you can't let him escape. And he was like, <laughs> everybody knew he was fucking dead. You can't live out there. It's tough. Yeah. It's beautiful, I mean, really, but it's tough. That is sort of a, a plot point every now and then in Burn Notice is they're like, hey, listen, it's it's an hour through that jungle. So you better talk. You better tell us where the codes are or something. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just real quick on the hollows thing. I'm just imagining an Elvis impersonator or a Trump impersonator dressed up as an Elvis impersonator to like give people the, the wedding vows. <laughs> yeah. Very funny mental image. I don't, it probably doesn't work that way. It's probably more of a, like the PO box thing. <laughs> it, it, that takes away so much romance of like just the, the way things could be, or like the way things used to be before all this fucking COVID bullshit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, remote zoom work. Uh, like I, I had this idea in my Discord head of these, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> of like the truth, social and rumble, like office offices like with people with ties and filing cabinets and that was just such a fun image for a minute and then now it's just yeah it's um i i i I consider applying to rumble uh Mm -hmm. i think they they paid pretty well yeah um but uh yeah it's 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 weird i mean i i would be a a neighbor of um uh charlie kirk he lives here too i saw him at whole foods okay Um, oh really (laughs) he he refused to go inside his girlfriend did all the shopping for him and he just kind of stood there with his arms crossed all like that's smart let him like like in there like visibly outside yeah he was just chilling outside i mean so it wasn't about so it was was more about the shopping than about like hey i'm a big name i can't go into the grocery store right yeah i think he i think you know you know like when you were were a kid the grocery store greeting everybody and stuff (laughs) yeah but you know when you're like a kid and your parents were like stay outside like you're gonna fucking distract me i feel like that must have been Uh what is like girlfriend or wife or whatever she also Uh not not hot really no yeah Hmm. blonde but like not not hot see for a guy like that it's like what are you really in this for if you're not even like if you can't even get a hottie girl out of it you know i I think Uh i think charlie kirk buys it i think he's 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 a believer yeah i mean i respect believers but um Uh i don't know no i mean that's a recurring theme on this show is like who buys the bullshit and who doesn't 
Yeah, I, I think I think Kirk definitely does. I mean, there are just like young Republicans that like exist. Like that's not. I right, they're not, they're not all grifting or God like knows in Florida it because it's like, you know, working out for them. Like wow. They just like grew up in such like a mentally ill environment that they're just like, this is important. Yeah. I, or just like it's the path of least resistance of just being a selfish <laughs> asshole. You know, it's like that. It, that's a glove that fits a lot of hands. You know, um, like the kids growing up, like you could tell were gay before they even knew they were gay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like that's like young Republicans, too. Like you like, you know, they're Republican before they even know what the word yes, means. like they signal true. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a lot of those kinds of kids where you just like, what's wrong with you, man? Like, why can't you like get along <laughs> with us? And like, like I, we don't want to hang out with you. Like you're not invited. Yeah, to our, like, like roller our... backpack suitcase <laughs> kids with yeah. their little oh, lunchboxes. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what, what's up with Burn Notice? Like, why did you guys want to do uh, Burn Notice? <laughs> <laughs> excellent it, question. That is an excellent question. <laughs> Rick, why don't you take this one? That so uh, because why this is burn definitely notice? more why your art. Why yeah. joy? Why <laughs> smiles? Why love? Why, why does one embrace a lover? Why Why does one you know uh, go take a stroll through the park? Like that. That's <clears> to me is all the same question as why Burn Notice, and really. I think that to to get to the bottom of it, the question is why not burn notice? You know what I mean? Um, uh, but I, I guess it. the real answer to that question is like, <laughs> I don't know. I just when I was in high school, um, it was just on, and you got to watch something. And it, you know, I'm not. I was never really a big TV guy, so I really only had time for like a show, and that happened to be the show. And the show happened to just be fucking cool and spy shit everywhere and. It, uh-huh. There's cars and girls in bikinis, and it's fucking burn notice, man. It's badass. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it is a very horny show. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, uh, I, I was I was taking notes watching it because I had never even heard of this show before. Uh huh. Um, is that surprising? Because it was kind of a big deal when it when it came out. It See, came I, out like no 2000. What, what year did it come out? Four? I think 2006 ish. Seven. It says on on uh, on Hulu. It says it came out in two thousand seven. Yeah. All right. So oh, we got okay. June twenty eighth, two thousand seven, to September twelfth, one day after nine eleven, twenty thirteen. Suspicious. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I guess two thousand seven. I was uh, in my first year of college, and so I I definitely wasn't watching TV then. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, you, like, I abusing cough syrup. How'd you pass your time? Um, I, I, study? I study, that's, uh, what did I study? I went, I, well, I'm sorry. That was a senseless interruption. Please go ahead. Um, I watched a lot of, uh, basketball. I was a terrible oh, student. Cool. I was a terrible student. I, okay. I was, I, I was obsessed with basketball. I, guess I went get... from being like a, like a stoner in like a big public school in Florida mm-hmm. to being like a jock in a really small liberal arts school in uh, Oregon. And so oh, I, just, fun. I guess like I've always been a contrarian, I guess in that regard. Hell but, yeah. Based. Yeah. Just, I learned all the streaming sites back then, mm-hmm. um, you know, front row, first row sports, stuff like that. Classic. Dot com. Dot org. Dot RSU or whatever. <laughs> dot NZ. Dot R-U-S-S-I-A. Dot, you know, pick a favorite. Yeah, so I I, I I never really got – I think the only – I was trying to remember the other spy show I ever watched growing – or at any point. And it, I guess, like, I watched the first season of Homeland with my parents. Okay, see, I've never seen Homeland. You'll have to explain it. I mean, it sucks. It's it's not – Okay. It, it's that too serious. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, too serious. Yes, yes, yes. Right? That makes a lot of sense. And that yeah. one was, like, to me, at least, like, if even if you didn't know – 
or watch it because it was on like Showtime, so you had to pay for that or whatever. Yeah. Whereas like you know, Burn Notice is for the people on USA. Absolutely. Um, yeah. At least it became like a, a, a super lib uh, cultural touchstone. Like yes. SNL did parodies of it. Oh, I everyone see. like yeah. so it 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 had that kind of uh, I guess gravity to it. Whereas Burn Notice, I literally had never fucking heard of this thing. Yes. And I've watched 11 episodes of the first season, and it's been great, like, background for me. It's not, like, uh-huh. it's fun. It's yes. light, you know, yes. quick-witted, smart. It reminded me a lot of uh, House MD. Okay, yeah. It's very that? episodic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I, like, yeah, I think it's the, very much the same, like, target demographic. Like, um, it, it, a slightly more, like, I don't know, less cheesy version of, like, action appeal for men. Like, USA seems to have all the shows targeted at, like, mid-30-year-olds, like, very specifically. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they just like, put it notice, together enough definitely. to, like, make it not come across as, like, an 80s Schwarzenegger movie where, like, he's just, like, a cop with that <laughs> accent. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is one slight tier above that, yeah. Right. And I, and I think that, like, when I was a dumb high schooler, <coughs> I was like, yeah, Burn Notice, they really... This is smart, man. Like this show, like it, it, it's not stupid. Like it's you. There's a lot of you could learn a lot from this sort of thing. You can but, become a CIA agent, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> like, I gotta save up enough enough box uh, fuck enough box tops to send to this to Langley, and then they'll send me back to Dakota Ring or something. But like the the idea of it, like kind of just not forming an imprint in your memory is something that I think about a lot because I talk about the show a lot to people in my life <laughs> and get that back a lot because you know that the premise of America deep state like spy or cop or soldier or what have you it was a huge thing after 9-11 um, when everybody just sort of agreed that a robust deep state was not only necessary but not ever, not something that there was going to be any debate about um, but like if you take a show like 24 for example which is one that for some reason i know that the timeline doesn't really sync up as much for the two in their runtime but like that always stuck out to me as like sort of the opposite kind of spy show where i think 24 is 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 too tied up in like the day-to-day international politics and like like just it is invested in the psychotic cultural headspace that everybody needed to be as if you were going to be like serious capital m media and and burn notice just like it, it, it's about a guy on the outside, right? Like Michael Weston is a burn spy. That's the entire premise is that he was a spy who was involved in like Afghanistan and, you know, Tunisia and whatever the fuck. Right. He's like but a freelance it? spy, not linked to an agency. Yes. Right. And so it, it necessarily has to exist outside that space um, of like the nitty gritty war on terror or like fight in Iraq or like whatever shit that people right. are forced to see on, on TV day to day. Um, but and so what they ended up filling that space with was just fucking cool spy shit, right? Like it's it's like generic comic book bad guys, but it's also like money launderers and gun runners and everybody's got a mojito the whole time. And it's just like I, I find that so appealing, frankly. And and, and I, I really got a kick out of it then and still to this day. Maybe yeah. maybe that maybe that that's a uh, it was the job. Do you ever consider that it's it's an op? Oh fuck. God damn it. <laughs> they got you. What I was afraid this po- was going to happen. So what, what what were your politics back then, though? Like, if you were you know, viewing it through just, like, a playful lens. I was a, <clears throat> I was a big, like, lib. I was a big Daily Coast reader. I was an Obama voter. 
I was a bit. I went to a Catholic high school in Kansas. Yeah, in Rickson Missouri, High School, mind you. Yeah, so and um, give him some some leniency. <laughs> no, shit. I admit this freely. I was I was a huge. I yeah. I was very proud to vote for Barack Obama when I turned eighteen. Um, uh-huh. And like it, it, everybody else was was like a young like literal fucking um, uh, Charlie Kirk. Like those those were the guys I went to high school with. Mm-hmm. Uh, just with like more proportionate faces, I would say. <laughs> And and so, you know, what few like liberals or, uh, you know, leftist wasn't even a term I had ever been familiar with uh, that that there were at my school. We were like very defiant about that. But, you know, at the same time, it was at a point, you know, I, I graduated in 2011 that uh, there, there was no like we all took as a given this idea of the deep state as a positive thing. And like when Obama killed bin Laden, it was like, see, that's, that's a point for us. And the, the mm-hmm. you know, the blue people instead of the red people. So, right, right. You know, the, the burn notice thing, I, I think fits very well in that template or, or, or headspace because um, <laughs> like un- until the later, like half of the show, like Tanner said, they don't even name an agency. So there's just guys in black suits and like SWAT, like nameless SWAT teams without any labeling or agency or yeah. like division. And it's just like, okay, we're, we're just expected to believe that not only do these things exist, but you know, it's probably good that they do and like war amongst each other in, on the streets of Miami. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It does feel very apolitical. So that it's, yes. I, I don't find myself getting mad at the show for its politics because right. it doesn't have any. It doesn't monger um, the same way that again, like yeah. Homelander twenty four, I would guess would. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. That's all I got. As well, a, that's oh, not all well, I got. Oh, well, like, I'll come I, up with something else. I'll keep talking. No, I think I think that twenty four is a very interesting comparison. You know, like they are slightly on different timelines, but like, um, but not by much. You know, though. I think twenty four was just a little longer. Yeah, I mean, just a couple of years, really. Like they certainly overlapped, but just started at different times. But like twenty four is a very like deliberate like political psyop, right? Like there are like, yeah. you know. Tons and tons of like documents, like linking like you know State Department to like you know working on the show and even like advising torture scenes. Mm-hmm. Whereas like um, Burn Notice, it's a Tom Tecker. He foiled um, <laughs> the uh, Entertainment Liaison Office <laughs> cool. for every mention of Burn Notice, and the mentions of Burn Notice are either entirely redacted or like completely innocuous, right? Yeah. Whereas like Burn Notice serves its purpose as sort of like. You know, yeah, being mostly apolitical while still, like, casually, like, kind of, like, uplifting the sort of, like, you know, heroic individual who happens to mm-hmm. be, like, vaguely, like, deep state linked. Yeah. And that's, I can certainly ignore that for all the, like, fun and goofy shit that goes on. Um, oh, you know, something that, something that Rick and I talked about, you know, like, how, like, Burn Notice feels like pre-9-11. Mm-hmm. Like most, like post nine yes. eleven, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a certain amount of like post nine eleven to like Trump era content that has a certain like, you know, fairly rigid like moral and like a- so aesthetic high. rules. Yeah, and then Burn Notice like doesn't abide by any of that in in a, in a strange way. That makes it very you know, easy to enjoy it despite really how silly it is. It. You're right. You, when you say stakes, I was I was actually just thinking about that today. That um, compared to like Homeland, which, you know. I only watched a few episodes of, but I know that it starts to get like more. It it, it gets exponentially. Uh, the stakes get exponentially higher, right? It's just mm-hmm. like preventing nuclear war, right? Um, kind of like the whole Marvel universe where they had to like. No, you're not just saving the universe anymore. You're saving the meta universe. Yeah, you're killing and, every Chinese person <laughs> alive. And way. so, and so with Burn Notice, it feels like yeah, the stakes are very low. It doesn't feel like that. Does it? Now I only watched the first season. Does it get? 
does, does it start to jump the shark? Does it start to be like yes, more yes intense? and no? Um, I'm gonna take this one, Tanner, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> like it. So I, I think just just by virtue of having to like progress in terms of a show with a plot that has stakes that. You know, you, like I, I think to an extent, people are going to watch it regardless because you're just like a stay-at-home mom, or you know, you got uh, dishonorably discharged from the navy or whatever, and so you don't have a job. <laughs> whatever the fucking target demographic is, like, um, y- you got to have some pretense for the whole thing. And so every season he gets a little closer, but like for the first four, he doesn't get close at all. It's just like they introduce a, a greater. It's it's like a little um, fucking Russian nesting doll of of like shady cabals of agents uh-huh. that like don't have names or industry ties or not, not industry ties, uh, agency ties. Um, and, but eventually they do like come out and say that like Michael Weston was a CIA agent, but it takes them a while. Um, and then once they do like it, it kind of like it loses a little bit of that allure because, you know, the fewer things that can be left up to mystery, the more things you have to stipulate on. And so, you know, your own head is, is always going to be the most inventive thing in, in filling mm-hmm. gaps in the unknown than whatever some fucking hungover writer in L.A. or Culver <laughs> City can come up with. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like it, I, I think like the, the, the weakest episodes of Burn Notice are the ones that deal directly with like the overarching plot. And the, the, the main story, which is Michael Weston trying to get back in. The fun right. shit is him, like, just doing little goofy side quests. And, right, right. Like, you know, trying. he's always got, got a job. And um, it's just the yeah. colorful characters around Miami. And I yeah, think, never, a, never a dull moment. No, oh, it's like, <laughs> brother with Michael Weston. Never. It's fun, dude. And they get paid yeah. shit, dude. I can't, like, when I see how much, like, oh, I'll, do, I'll risk my life for $250. It's uh-huh. like, yeah, and he never wants the money either. It's sad. Yeah, he rich, I, yeah, he's such a good guy. Um, but you know, like so, or no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. I'm finishing a thought. Um, well, my thought is going to keep going, so I, I insist. <laughs> that you, All right. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm really glad uh, to be on the show to talk about this because okay, I'm glad um, I when people talk to me inevitably. I make some sort of CIA connection to whatever they're talking about. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm that I'm that guy, you know. Well, and, you're looking at a couple more of those guys. Right well, here. so but it's it's so nice to have something that's so directly connected to the CIA. Yes, yes, true. Um, you can't get around it. You got to talk about it. And to it's tough too living to in Florida because Florida, like everything, is fucking CIA here. And mm-hmm. uh, Tanner and I were texting about this a little while back about how Miami feels like unnecessary to a certain extent. Like it. It okay. doesn't. It, it feels like backdrop. It, it doesn't really enter into uh, the narrative or the, the plot too much. Okay, that's um, interesting. It's like sexy girls. Mm-hmm. They're always on fucking like Ocean Drive or whatever. Like they're always yeah. on the beach. <laughs> like it's just like. Do you know how fucking hard it is to get there? Mm-hmm. Driving in Miami has to. It's worse than fucking L.A. Driving in Miami <laughs> is absolute fucking hell. Uh-huh. Um, I, I should also say that I despise Miami. I think Miami is <laughs> one of the it's got to be like the worst city in America. Where in Florida do you yeah. live? I'm sorry. I'm I'm on the West Coast in Sarasota. So like oh, just gotcha, gotcha. Oh yeah, you did Sarasota. You said yeah. Sarasota. I'm sorry. But yeah, go and ahead. It's we're starting to come up, man. We're people mm-hmm. are starting to know our name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I spent my whole childhood trying to escape. Like the second I I, I graduated high school, I, I left Florida. I had to get the fuck out of here. No. Oh, cool. um, but the past four or five years. Like I'm, it drags I'm you back in. in. It, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. very cliche, but it's true. Um, but what 
you know, in, in one in, on one hand, being in Miami is pointless. It, it's just it's pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many girls in bikinis, topless too. Like you see their back. Yeah. So it's like perfect for Sounds like horny awful. boomers. <laughs> Miami's not actually like that. Uh, <laughs> it's perfect for horny boomers, right? But on the other hand, like Miami is mega fucking CIA. Yeah. Like f- being in Florida, like it, 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 you're you're literally a degree away from some CIA involvement in absolutely everything. Yeah, I mean it's and, the confluence of so many like like uh, centers of politics in the, the global South, and so. It, you know, for that reason alone, it's alone, it's a great place for the burn notice to take place, as well as that shit to happen right. in real life. But what was weird, and I don't know if it gets like this later in the season, like there is no real mention of Cubans. Like mm-hmm. everyone who like is like appears kind of Cuban, like they'll have like Cuban music and stuff, but nobody has like a proper Cuban Miami accent there. The yeah, accents of that show are fucking hilarious to me because <laughs> um, they are just like. His, his yeah. Florida accent is fucking Cajun. Like, it was in and out of Cajun <laughs> right. in, like, Kentucky. Yeah. He's like a like, Bayou bro. boy. It's very funny. Yeah. Is he American or is he English? He Jeffrey Donovan is an American actor. Okay. Um, um, and Fiona, like, who the fuck knows where she, like, Fiona is that she's... English by way of, a, I think, one of her parents was Pakistani. But she is not Irish, certainly. She, weird accent. Yeah, super weird uh, accent. Drops it. She has an Irish accent in the first episode, but then the, I guess somebody right, yeah, it's just like, like, you can't keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love the Irish accent. But uh, it still like fades in and out. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in so what's fascinating about Miami's history uh, with the CIA is this. I don't know if you guys have heard of JM Wave. I don't think Jam so. Wave. JM uh, Wave let's go. was in the 60s the largest CIA station outside of Langley. So bigger than anywhere else in the world, bigger than in Berlin, bigger than in Beijing, bigger than in Moscow, fucking Miami. What's that? Radio only or radio? No, no, no. It was, there's like no TV involved in it. They just called it, that was just like the code name. Oh, I thought you meant like a radio station. (laughs) Okay. You're talking about iHeartRadio. A a CIA station. station. So it had over 400 agents, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. And something like 15,000 paid Cubans uh, oh, to, to do their bidding. Mm-hmm. So this was this was absolutely huge. Uh, this is where they trained the like 2502 Brigade or 2506 Brigade for yeah. the Bay of Pigs. Mm-hmm. This is where they like plotted their like absolutely like like harebrained schemes to to kill uh, Castro with like MK Ultra weapons. Uh-huh. Um, like if it weren't for this CIA station, Miami would not be the cultural hub that it is today because it brought so much money to the area before the sixties, Miami was like this sleepy Jewish town Hmm. and then they brought in everybody. And so, uh, in that regard, like the show is like hyper accurate or it's perfect for like CIA espionage stuff because it's, it's still fucking like, that's, it's very interesting because there is no, so the, the story goes that burn notes was supposed to play, take place in New Jersey. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and a a studio exec insisted on uh, Miami, right? For no reason. And, and you know, it, it really feels like they just copy and pasted the, the, the script and changed nothing about it. Because you're right in that Miami doesn't play a character. And so, you know, maybe, yeah, there was some, like, USA exec who was, like, really, like, up on his CIA Miami history. <laughs> He's like, no, guys, <laughs> we can't do Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish it was in Jersey so bad. That would be so funny to just have like, like you call this a fucking mojito? Get out of the ping. <laughs> Where's my fucking yogurt? 
<laughs> oh yeah, dude, that's so weird. What is that? What is up with that's these? a shitty joke. Is that's, what it is? It's, it's, a, it's a, a dumb, dumb joke character trait. Plan. <laughs> right. He's like he, but he he also I think does re- encapsulate like a a, a, be- a good more like modern CIA agent because yeah, the CIA. A sociopath, you're right. Yeah, a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, eating, if you just eat yogurt, you're a sociopath for sure. <laughs> And he's eating like uh-huh. unhealthy yogurt, like it's like it's colorful. Like, <laughs> right, he comes like, out with like he, he's got animals. tricks yogurt. Yeah, <laughs> he's eating like gogurt. You know? Oh yeah, just like all right, feed, hand me the gogurt, and then just like just houses the whole thing in two seconds. Yeah, like, no, re- if you're a real man, uh, it, it's very primal to eat faye yogurt, not <laughs> not fucking Dannon fruit on the bottom. Come uh-huh. on, man, that's exactly uh-huh. right. Yeah, those are yeah fruit on the bottom. <laughs> uh but he like represents i think like like modern day cia agents are just like goody two-shoe nerds like if in order to become a cia agent today you cannot smoke weed you cannot yeah. like do drugs mm-hmm. back in uh-huh. the day they were just like drunk irish dudes right <laughs> like yeah, absolutely so i think they got that part right uh, at least no if they what put a- bill casey in the show he would die in the second episode he tripped and <laughs> fell down the stairs and then you know decapitated himself <laughs> But what's funny is, so at one point in, I think, season four or five, and that's when it kind of falls off. It comes back at six and seven, in my opinion. But they do a Burt Reynolds cameo. And he shows up as, like, the old generation spy who's, like, in it to fuck girls and, like, you know, have fancy cocktails. But it's just, like, (laughs) it's so stupid and and hagiographic for, like, just the Burt Reynolds as an actor. I don't know what it is about him, but whenever he does, like, a guest appearance in another show... It's like very, I don't know, they just really kind of suck him off in an annoying way. But um, <laughs> Right, it's very hyper-aware of his like celebrity and mystique, and that somehow makes its way into the character in a very kind of like obnoxious way. It is obnoxious. And, um, but like he has a few parts where he's like trying to go be like a badass or whatever, and Michael Weston's like, no, we have to stick to the operative secrecy or whatever, and he's just trying to play it by the book because he loves the book, and at the end of the day, it's because he loves being a spy more than anything And he's not else. even beholden to the book anymore. Uh, that's another thing is eventually... And he still <laughs> loves the book. There, there is a part at, towards the end of it where um, they bring <clears> in... He, the, the, he starts, like, collaborating with the CIA team because, you know, the stakes are just so much higher than they were last season, and so now they got to work together. And it's um, this actress, Laura Smart, I think her name is. She was in, like, uh, The West Wing and, like, Community for a little bit. Uh, you guys would recognize her. But she... Like at one point they're they're chasing this bad guy who was commit committed the bad deed of the season. It's like the season finale, and Sam says we can't go into there. It's too dangerous. But uh, Mike is like we have to because it's for the op. And and Sam's like but I don't think you should. And I'm gonna stop you, Mike. And he's like no, I I gotta. And he pulls a gun on him in front of the CIA lady. And she's like you can't do that anymore. <laughs> like you're on working on behalf of the CIA. Like I don't know where you think you are. But then they just kind of like, you know, obviously he pulls the job off and I guess it's not that big of a deal after all, which is very mm. funny. All is well that ends well. And when you're <clears> Michael <throat> Weston, it always ends well. Um, although I will say, spoiler alert, uh, his brother dies. Uh, in Good. He was so annoying. Last season. Oh yeah, God. he's not, not really a fan favorite, yeah. I will say. But they, they really, like, he is the most, like, one-dimensional character on the show where, like, the first couple yeah. times you meet him, every word out of his mouth is indicating in some way that he has a gambling problem yeah. like that's the whole character <laughs> he really is just like dickless weasel of a brother yeah no you know? he he is pure like pissant the bizarro Michael right. yeah. yeah if if they were gonna remake burn notice today 
Uh, knowing what we know about the CIA, which is just full of people who suffer from like imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, Former gifted kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like an autistic CIA, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what would right. that look like? Who would uh, today's mo- modern uh, Michael Weston be? Boy, okay. So you're asking us to index all the autistic celebrities that we know. <laughs> it's gonna take a minute. To it's funny. I, like, I'm I'm picturing uh, Ben Affleck in the accountant. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, but he's I haven't seen it. But you, you've described it to me. Maybe Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. That okay. that okay. could work. Yeah, that could I'm, work. I'm with you. I'm with you. He's they. He's they them. Well, because that's it's it's either that's it's, but it has to be. He has to be like an insane level of, so, of sociopathy to like disassociate yourself from what you're doing, or an insane level of like autism to like emotionally remove yourself from what you're doing. Yeah. Those are the Alec two Baldwin could now. do it now that he's Trump been traumatized. <laughs> a couple yeah. years ago, he wouldn't be good at it. But like, it, instead of like the, the hyper competency of um, Michael Weston, it would have to be like the emotional vulnerability and mm-hmm. like the ex- like the excuses, right? Like they're like, nothing gets accomplished, but there's like a, a good reason why. Yeah. And like, you, mm-hmm. there's a, a, yeah, you're forgiven for not doing your job basically. Yeah. <laughs> an honorable failure. Yeah. You get your participation mojito, you know, <laughs> <laughs> do you drink mojitos? You keep mentioning them. You're like, I think, I think, well, no, was so, you, so was the last time you had one, I haven't had one in a forever. Cause I don't actually like them as a drink. I think all that shit just gets in your mouth. Like the mint leaves and the, like people don't really muddle the sugar enough. Um, but, Sam Axe, Bruce Campbell, his character always ha- has a nice mojito. That's one of his stupid stock it's, remarks. It is such a, like, a dumb recurring joke. I do love like, it, though. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I think, it's, I think it's great. It is yeah, dumb. Sam's cool. He's my favorite. Yeah, he's the be- Bruce Campbell rocks, dude. Like, that was another thing what I, I really liked in high school because I was like, I had saw Evil Dead and was like, fuck yeah, all right, sign me up. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's always like... All right, Michael, pull this job off, but you owe me a mojito. It's that's like that's like his line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's an alcoholic, I guess, yeah. and they're just and kind it, of skirting that fact. I'm trying to think of like what wise. the new ver- New Jersey version would look like, where it's like, okay, yeah, he's like having sex with a bunch of like single old women in Florida, which I assume there is like a massive pool of. But like, what did that look like in the New Jersey version? <laughs> uh, mob, mob, uh, guy, guys who uh, pretended like they were in the mob and their wives cheat on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, he's he's there to swoop in. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because if you think about Tony Soprano, like I always when I watched Sopranos for the first time, I would look closely. I was like, what? I wonder what cigar he's smoking because he probably has good taste. Or like, I wonder what that scotch is because he probably has good taste. But then you see the episode where he like he finds that shitty picture of the Rat Pack like playing cards, and he's like, all right, this <laughs> yeah, is yeah. nice. <laughs> this is art look at this thing it's beautiful (laughs) so they are very analogous in that way i guess um what but i think like bruce campbell you know as this like puckish ex-navy seal has a very funny like like his role is at the beginning of it is he's one of the allies that michael weston has because he's it, it starts off as informing on him to the fbi and then, um, you know, slowly stops doing that and, like, just becomes part of the team. Right. But he really is a tragic figure in a way if you kind of telescope out 
like a thousand feet because it's like he's always forced to drop what he's doing to go on this stupid like wild goose chase for some other guy and then he's like he's like hey mike i, I spent you know 24 hours uh flipping through these files uh you want any of this and then he's just <laughs> like thanks sam anyway i'm gonna go move on and like go to the fucking club and dance and dress cool and like be a cool guy and he's just like all right well i guess i'll go and some mojito, you know. <laughs> i mean i feel like there's like a uh, just like a, a tiny little like hint of sexual tension between them <laughs> <laughs> like the, the last episode i i watched um he, 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 Sam came over with like a bucket of KFC fried chicken, and Michael's like doing like inverted, uh, like uh, uh, sit ups. He points the gun at him, and he's uh-huh, like, "Oh, like yes. that trans, that trans fat's gonna kill you first. He's like fat shaming him while he's eating yogurt, like shirtless, like glistening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, like I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful platonic love. Actually, like it, I, it doesn't feel it particularly gay. And mm-hmm. Michael feels like asexual to me. Like I, I like. Yeah. It, it is very funny how much, like, despite how, like, sexed up some of the show is, like, for the viewer, like, its protagonist is not. Like, that's never on, like, despite how many people, like, are, like, overly aggressive in courting him. Like, I'm thinking of, like, that one agent, like, early on. I don't know if he made it oh, that God, far. Oh, Who's, like, courting worst. him. And he's just like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the job. You agent know? Paxton, yeah. <laughs> no, there's always, they always introduce some new, like, woman to I fuck him. And he's always just like, what do you mean? I have, like a job to do and also like fiona's right there what do you think is going on he's, but who he's also neglecting yeah what right and he's like i'm already ignoring this woman so i don't know what you <laughs> yeah, want yeah. From me. i can't spread myself that thin i mean it's it's really funny him as like a sex icon because i think he's very strange looking sure like he, <laughs> i think you like, and tanner agree with this <laughs> yeah yes. I, I find like yeah he has like this weird like almost like um you know when people fix someone's hair lip like it, like it always has like that oh, weird sure. like sort of pull to yeah. it. Yeah. So he's sense. always got that like 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 that, that tucked up upper lip right. thing going. Yeah. Like he's got a lot yeah. of peanut butter in his I mouth. I mean, I think something. he's like, he seems to me more and much more like a comedy actor than like a leading like handsome man that you're supposed right. to project. Well, yeah, onto. but he is a leading handsome man. So I don't know. Like I just think you're wrong. Okay. So here's my thing. Like I I started watching this in high school. What it was on <coughs> the air. When I was, you might say, one of their target demographic. And right. with Burn Notice, I kind of am like the frog that just boiled slowly in the water and couldn't re- <laughs> didn't realize he was boiling. And like, like I remember growing up, or rather going through high school and college, and then, you know, Tanner and I moved in together, and I was like, hey, we should watch Burn Notice. And... And I, I would look at Michael Weston mind, and be like, <laughs> go, we'll get back he to looks that. so cool. Like, look at his, look at you, his uh, like shirts and his glasses. Did and you buy his sunglasses? No, I mean, I if I, you know, I, I probably, what, like $400, if, I would assume. If you could find them, you, you would get but, it. Yeah. You can find knockoffs on Alipay for sure. Oh, oh, okay, duly noted. Remembering that. Checking the timestamp on this one. But, um, and, and I, I, I remember Tanner said, God, he looks like shit. What fucking clothes is he wearing? And I was just like, what? <laughs> right, yeah, I, right, I think he looks right. stupid too. <laughs> yeah, high school you heard that and was like, oh, oh yeah. man. I kept thinking like they he must have had to change. Like one thing that's, that's also inauthentically Floridian about this thing is okay. no one is fucking sweating. Like yes. it, he is yes. constantly dry. And he's wearing a suit uh-huh. outside in the afternoon, and, and like I'm, they never really like that's the thing about Florida is mm. like there's no way of knowing the season necessarily. Sure. Um, although except for like a rain, there's a lot of rain. We have a rainy season that just okay. is about finished right now. It usually starts around April. Interesting. No rain, so it's always like December, perfect weather time, right? It's never oh. hot, fucking muggy Florida. And Miami gets 
fucking hot. So that part felt very inauthentic as a Floridian mm. for me. It's just like at least like give me one bead of sweat, man. Yeah, like, right. And he's got to run a lot stain. too, you know. Oh yeah. Like Sam, like he wears nice like linen Tommy Bahama style outfits. Right. I buy that. Fiona barely wears any clothing at all. That was the hottest woman that they had back then. We've obviously come a long way in hot girl technology, but back then, that's all you got. Um, Michael Weston, yeah, it's like he's got a fucking three-piece suit on like 24-7. Uh, and and then sometimes they it, trot him out with a little hat, which I think is a lot of fun. He has a jaunty little like trilby or fedora. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, the, the suits look fine. And obviously, like, when he's undercover, like, you give that a pass. But when he's wearing, like, what what we call the rapist jeans with the, with the, with the, with the like, white thread, you know what I'm talking about? The kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. looking jeans. Yeah. When he's rocking those, like, yes, like, just absolutely. Did you, Rick, did you get a pair of those? No, I. Those were too expensive, but. I did, That's what's I funny. They're the ugliest like looking jeans in the world, and they cost, like, $800 at Buckle. Mm-hmm. They're all over Marshalls now. It's like the only jeans they have. <laughs> oh, really? It's like distressed. Okay. That's a good tip. Fucking, yeah. hmm. For Halloween, maybe I'll look into that. Oh, that's a, not a bad <laughs> idea. At, at season, around season four, they introduce a new character whose name is Jesse. And it it kind of su- – it has like the – you know, you never want a new guy when you're four seasons in. And you're like, uh, Michael Fiona and Sam Axe. I got my team. We're not accepting any applications, thank you. But they just force this new guy on you, and he's like another spy. And he he's like, I, um, I don't know, he's like just same age and same level of attractiveness, even though he's like, a, I think like a light-skinned like black dude. His name's Jesse, and the way they force him upon you as the viewer is just so like revolting because it's just like he shows up and he's like a spy who Michael ends up burning on accident while he's on one of his like cliffhanger like the job of all jobs for that season. And, and so Michael's forced to burn him and then they try to like save him because he doesn't want to, Michael doesn't want to turn into a monster and just become that, which he hates. And so he eventually joins the group. But at first it's like the way they just force you to like him is like Fiona sees him like shoot and run at the same time. And he makes off a good shot and he's like, wow. And she's like, wow, I like him. And then Sam's like, I don't know, bike Mike, he seems a little badass. He might be too badass for our crew. He's a live wire on account of how badass he is. And Mike's like, geez, I don't know if we need another guy, but like, I just need to save him because he's a spy too. And that means he loves America. And that means every single good thing that we believe uh, he also believes. And then he's just there (laughs) for the rest of the fucking show. And it sucks. And it's so annoying. Um, Uh, He sounds pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) But he's also, he's a live wire. So Fiona likes him, but also he's very good at, um, fabricating a gun bomb and Isaac this is a, a concept that we'll need to introduce you to uh, in, in Burn Notice Michael Weston very often needs to make a gun bomb in order to get out of a situation uh, and, and enforce his own co- code of morality which is he doesn't want to kill indiscriminately uh-huh. and so that was part of what hooked me when I was a kid was seeing him like trapped in a dungeon somewhere in you know some industrial hellhole in, in, in Fort Lauderdale and he's like, oh, I, I don't need to shoot all these guys. I just need a duct tape roll, uh, some fucking paper clips. <laughs> oh, yogurt. there's like amyl nitrate here, <laughs> some yogurt. And I'll fabricate this gun bomb and I'll get off scot-free. And, and that's when he does his little voiceovers. He's like, when you're a spy, sometimes you need to think on your feet. Sometimes it's better to use duct tape than to kill someone. Da, 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 da. And then you're watching that as a kid and you're just like, yeah, duct tape. He's smart. <laughs> I could do that. I could probably do that. And there's enough of those little things that really do kind of trick you into thinking it's a good show right? to where 
to this day, gun to my head, I just do think, I do think this is a cool, good show. <laughs> well, that's like, so the, the other thing that like, I, I was thinking about this in, um, is this, this era of TV uh, has like a high snark factor, right? Yes. Very yes. snarky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, it reminded me of House MD, where it's just like these hyper competent guys yeah. who are like, kind of funny don't take themselves too seriously but like we'll fuck you up like it's they know very, it's it's just slightly pre-soy you know what i mean <laughs> yes exactly no 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 i think that's that's a, that's a really good point like it, it does it. it's right before the era of soy mm-hmm. um so i'm trying to think like what else what else was there there was house md uh who else like, like, well, like so an interestingly L- enough uh not to interrupt but just because i have uh th- so he Matt Nix did another tv show called the good guys and it stars <laughs> chet hanks and, and he as Damn, a by the book yeah. Dallas cop, and Bradley Whitford as the like huh? badass cop, and it doesn't work. They canceled it after one season, <laughs> but I checked out the first the pilot episode, and it was exactly that. Like House, kind of like the Bradley Whitford detective character had that kind of House <clears throat> like wry smile, but didn't have the kind of soy off ramp of like you know the like you know square frame glasses or whatever like J J Abrams bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. It still didn't take, and you know they 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 canceled it. But it, I remember watching that and thinking like this is like you see the clock turn a little bit, and and it phase out of like I don't want to say genuine, like straightforward badassery, and because like Michael Weston, he doesn't really he doesn't do one liners or anything. Like he's just yeah, no, he, there. There are a couple. There are a couple. Okay, well, there's a few, but like that's not yeah, it's yeah. not his like thing. Um, right. But yeah, like the the house thing. That you, I think that, I think you're right. Like I, I feel like this is a this this kind of TV is an alternative for people who aren't lib enough for something like The West Wing, which is again mm. like hyper competency. <laughs> yeah. Um, like okay. this one, like yeah. a little more fun, a little more playful. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to remember as many details, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Burnout no, really, is a great, great show to watch if you're drunk every night when you're 19. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's like it's it's it. I mean, like it's it's hypnotic in a way. Like, mm-hmm. and it actually was. I, I've been I've been falling asleep to it, which is actually pretty hard for me to do because if I'm mm-hmm. I have a hard, I, I'm watching television. Actually, I get I, it wakes me up. I get compelled. Yeah, this just is like a, a, a great you know bit of uh, mm-hmm. TV Nyquil for me. Yeah, because it, it can just wash over you, right? Like it I, does. I think it really does. When Tanner yeah. and I started watching it, and we can go into this a little bit now, but like. I have a very distinct memory. I don't remember what episode it was, but he turned to me and asked, like, like it, it was the height of some job where they're, like, in a car chase and they're hucking gun bombs left and right. And, like, it's just, like, things are very tense and it's energetic and they're almost pulling the job off. And, and Tanner turns to me and he goes, what the fuck is happening? And I had to stop and say, <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Like, it doesn't make a difference what is happening in the show at any given moment. Because all you need no. to know is there's fucking girls and yogurt and dancing and there's a car chase <laughs> and he makes a little, you know, gun bomb and he fires it off and like they get out of it. And, you know, it's fucking awesome. It's cool. So, you know, in, in a way, then this is like kind of perfect for post Bush, like, yeah, Obama placidity. Right. Exactly. Where it's, like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I, like, when I've begun to be introduced <laughs> As well, <laughs> I, I've lately, you know, I, uh, as my my mind has been like warped by conspiracies, and my worldview has changed radically over these past five six years. 
I've been trying to remember. I was like, Mm -hmm. what was I thinking about before then? What did I care about? (laughs) Like, I was important. Yeah. What was, what was like, what was guiding me? And I, again, like I can remember like sports. Right. But like, Mm. it was this, this period of like cultural peacetime in a way. Right. When LeBron James plays in Miami, you don't really have to worry about much else. Yeah, once he left, shit, shit went that, down. Then you were hill, a, a existential nightmare. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's uh, it's interesting in that regard. Yeah, like because um, it it doesn't have those kinds of it, a stakes very apolitical. Mm-hmm. Do Cubans ever get introduced to this thing? Are so, there like is there a Cuban element ever? They, the one episode I can think of, and to be honest, a lot of my memory is blurry because most of the time I've spent watching the show has been drunk or on pills or some combination of the two when I should have been studying. But uh-huh. they have one episode where they go to like a little Cuba neighborhood and they don't really talk about the mainland or the Cuban government or anything. It's like, like they have the, the concept of Miami Cubans is present and they always got a little cafecito and things like that. But to, to my knowledge, I, I can't really pinpoint a time when like the my or the the Cuba question is like brought up, mm-hmm. um, and you know that might just stand a reason that it was like too too close for comfort for them that it's like well we're this is not that show we're not trying to solve any of that shit we're just you know we, we don't want to go there necessarily. It's funny because like that's such an easy one like historically that has been such an uh, in easy terms thing of how to like put in, in the media yeah. and not get like much pushback on right. Um, and that's like just really like indicates I think like how apolitical the show is. It's like mm-hmm. we're not even going to mention Cubans here. Well, yeah. you know, I, I, my my more uh, cynical theory is that right, um, because of the Miami area's historical association with the CIA, mm-hmm. they don't want to mention Cubans, right? They don't want to. They don't want you to associate the two okay. more than you already do, um, mm-hmm. because I, again, like Miami is so dominated by either like dying jews or you know the most annoying cuban people in the world like <laughs> i sure. i i lived in cuba for like half a year mm-hmm. and uh cool. nicest people on earth like yeah. i i loved it there oh that's awesome. uh Look at that. great. all great of us have been there yeah terry oh, yeah? and i both have went i yeah. went twice generally <laughs> but you know i was yeah i was uh I went there to uh, accompany a friend of mine who, who was getting back surgery there. This is before the ACA. Oh, shit. He didn't have insurance. Cool. And uh, I speak Spanish, so I went with him. And it was amazing. I was going to do this whole big story on uh, the Cuban medical tourism industry. Mm-hmm. He backed out, got scared for legal reasons. So I backed just ended up nice. uh, playing basketball the whole time I was there. Oh, um, awesome. Cool. Yeah. And I got to learn the city through through that. Literally the nicest people on earth. Like They, they, yeah. would, they would not let me pay for a goddamn thing. I oh, kept really? being like, let me get dinner, <laughs> let me get drinks. They're just like, no, absolutely not. Like, it, it was such a different experience from other places I've been where you're just like constantly getting hustled. Yeah, just right. zero, zero fucking hustle culture. In it Cuba. doesn't, it doesn't occur to people there. Yeah, like I, I remember one of the more vivid experiences I have when I was in Cuba was we stopped to ask for directions, and this woman was just outside her house, and we were talking to her for a little bit, and then went and met up with some other some person we knew there and he was like so who were you talking to and we we're like oh yeah this lady down the block she seemed nice and he was like oh yeah she actually won a silver medal at the olympics like a couple years ago and it's just like <laughs> around happy to help out tell you where to park or whatever <laughs> it's yeah. just like and i i don't know i mean 
I think it's pretty pretty clear where the three of us stand on the yeah. Cuba question. But it really once uh-huh. you're there, you're just like, holy shit. But Miami is the exact opposite. I mean, I uh-huh. like yeah. uh, if I'm racist, it's against uh, Midwesterners, <laughs> Midwesterners and Cuban Americans. Um, like I, I find what what they become. I think this happens with we any culture. Love a wet foot, we hate a dry foot. <laughs> yeah, or whatever it is. I, or uh, the the uh, something happens to immigrant cultures when they move to America. I think <clears> it really poisons people. Yes. Um, you see this with any any group who like leaves like a communist country or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like turns on their own people, becomes like the most like right wing like like militant asshole. Yeah, and that's like what right. Miami's filled with. Miami Miami is uh, also the number one uh, MLM uh, culture <laughs> in the entire country. It's really? got more, more. There are more. There's more fraud in Miami than anywhere else in the, in the country. That's interesting. I guess I it's got that. this just like energy that is like disgusting to me. Like I, yeah. I, I can't stand it. Yeah, I, I mean, know a lot of my friends see all the all the hustlers left. That's why there's no hustle culture left. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, and, and, and like uh, you know, Fidel in uh, his infinite wisdom was like dumped off all the fucking like rapist, murderous assholes yeah. and left them in Miami. <laughs> it's true. It's kind of like uh-huh. Australia in a way too. You know, Smart. it's just like like even the, the t- like yeah, take our worst people. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely done something. Like the Fidel didn't send his best. Vibes are off in Miami. Vibes are all way off. Yeah, that you know, it, it, it that makes a lot of sense, especially with regard to what you said earlier about how it was just in the '60s this little podunk, like retirement village, if that, and then, you know, people see it as as a a a resource or something that they can carve out a chunk for themselves and exploit, and how that just takes off, like in, insanely so, um, to a point where yeah, like there there is obviously a lot of like cool culture in south florida but then the way you describe not knowing where the women on the beaches come from as though they just sort of like sp- are generated there or spawn randomly <laughs> like i don't know that, that's a very vivid image and one that it's i don't know like i i've only ever been to miami once and it was when i was a kid because we we drove down to key west on spring break one year and um i remember liking it but it's also like yeah there's just something very chaotic and ontologically evil about just the spirit down there it's uh yeah i I, the one good thing about climate change is that it's gonna (laughs) take miami first it's literally like the 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 streets are like even the lightest rain like yeah like the the water like starts to percolate from the sewer and up in there and it's just like why like see that i i've spent a lot more time in in new orleans and i think they are kind of tied in that sense that they are both sinking into the earth and will not exist for much longer and in new orleans there's kind of like a a, a kind of a gallows humor you know titanic uh cello band like jubilation to it where it's like mm. this is a like new orleans is a really cool city with a ton of authentic culture and like really cool people independent of all the like bourbon street bullshit but just like it is is unlike anywhere else on earth and and Miami is like that too, but it, it, it seems like the way they have chosen to respond to their impending doom is one of just such increased violence and hatred for one another mm-hmm. in a way that is very <laughs> fascinating, I guess. No, the, the, the nihilism there is out of control. Mm-hmm. I, I like, uh, I, that's a, that's a really interesting point. Um, I, I think that Miami is both in denial and also incredibly aggressive. Do you see that one video yeah. of the guy, um, driving and like shooting in his, 
like shooting on the freeway in Miami in, in his car. No. You see that? You'll have so, to be more but, specific. Was, was oh he my god, dude! It's, Miami it's, highway shootings. It happens if you Google that. It happens. It, it like you, yeah, you wouldn't be able to find this because there's so mm-hmm. many. Yeah. But this guy, uh, he's filming himself in his own car, yeah. and some guy is like, Smart. it's super aggressive. Like they're like on the freeway. You know, the guy's getting too close to him. He's like slowing down, fucking with him. And you see the other car is about to, like, pull around to the side of him. And so he reaches into his uh, side compartment and pulls out a gun. Mm-hmm. Windows closed. <laughs> begins to fire at the fucking car going past him. So he, <laughs> he like, first of all, is going is, is now considerably more deaf. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His, yeah. his car is fucked up. And, like, the way he does it, the video of him doing it is, like, he's, like, like, cringing making this like wild face and, like <laughs> i would imagine like, yeah all over it's like <laughs> why is this happening <laughs> and that's just like to me that's just like oh that's that is that couldn't happen anywhere else but in miami i don't think everybody in miami is stupid but i do think there is a plurality of people who get all of their education not from school but from cheddar news the advertisements on gas pumps you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that guy i don't even know like what that is and that sounds you've never so they're ridiculous. all they're in chicago now too where you, you pull up to a gas pump and it's like it's fucking loud yeah they're oh, loud okay. and you're pumping <laughs> yeah, yeah, gas yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're trying to tell they tell you a half of a fact about a panda so that they can justify telling you to buy six for one like monster energy drink cookies yeah. and cream for like a dollar <laughs> and then maria menudos comes on and is like wow ryan seacrest got a dick job or whatever it's like, like it, <laughs> i hate it it makes me so mad i hate that shit so much uh, um, you know it's funny like you mentioned yeah, like the, the craziest people in Miami. Like we we both live in Chicago and have for ten years. You know, sort of like what has seen as being like the apex of like crime in the United States. But if I and I'm, we both have some pretty hardcore road rage, and and you know, we'll uh, I think antagonize <laughs> and and retaliate without Only like, place I concern get for our own safety. Mm-hmm. But if it was in Miami, I I would I would have to I think very quickly. Um, <laughs> change my course of action for that reason. Yeah, I mean, guy could just keep a scorpion in his fucking glove box and throw it into your fucking uh, sunroof. And that'd be one of the better outcomes, too. Yeah. Yeah, so so one of the things, and this is sort of tied <clears throat> with our conversation about just, like, what people are like, but one of the things that I am so fascinated with when it comes to the show of Burn Notice is their conception of morality. And mm. it's a difficult question to answer because... Uh, in a sense, they are tied to the morality of the American state and, and one of empire. But he also spends so much time on the outside of it that the good versus evil split that you get in most spy films and, and media, like, you know, the government agent is good, the evil genius is bad, he's trying to, like, vol- build a volcanic layer or tie a girl to the railroad track or whatever. Um, it, it's untenable, untenable because he is not acting on behalf of the unit, U.S. government for most of it. So... But but they want to reaffirm that that distinction exists because at the end of the day, we're all red blooded American patriots, but they, they can't do it like literally because of the, the, the fact that he's not one of them as it stands. So, you know, he in, in, in the process of getting in or trying to get back in, he has to do things that would keep him out. So to sort of resolve this dialectic, if you will. They, they come up with the, 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 the good versus evil split is that Michael Weston doesn't kill people. And that's, oh. that's kind of, I think, their central moral question is one of, like, mortality. And it's funny for many reasons, one of which is that eventually he does start killing people and he has this kind of, like, you know, um, Breaking Bad, like, uh, fucking whatever that guy's name is, uh, 
Walter White. Walter. That's what it is. Where he's like he he sort of has to admit that he's doing stuff for him and not for like, you know, what he thinks is right. And eventually okay. they resolve that and decide, oh, he's actually a good guy after all. But like, like, I, and I don't know if you ever saw any of the episodes with Larry, but he's this spy that they used to that he used to work with in the '90s and just loves killing people. And he's like his stupid mojito or I'm a gambling addict line is I just love killing people. And in every episode he's in, he's like, Michael, I know you got that dog in you. You want to kill children again in Yemen or whatever. And he's just like, no, I'm a spy. I just want my yogurt. Get away from me. And, but he's always trying to like blackmail him into killing people. And like whenever they work for like a drug dealer, it's always like the question of murder. And I just think that's so funny when you're trying to be a show that, that, you know, it probably has in their in the people producing this this program or writing for it or acting in it have in their head just taken as a given that they're good people and actors and like the the things that the characters do are fundamentally good, but it it has to kind of come up with an answer to this this mortality thing all the time, um, which is also funny. And I know I'm going off on a sort of a tangent here, but <laughs> like most of the show's fun bullshit is no we don't have to kill this guy. Let me just dress up in a goofy costume and do a Cajun voice. And then we'll get out of it that way, which, you know, I think is a lesson for any good boy or girl watching, but right. I, I think it's, any, any good spy will utilize the like gaslighting skill over his gun. And I think Michael <laughs> Weston is a, a pure example of that. Fiona, he you're acting a... really crazy right now. I never said any of that. He's an A plus gaslighter. Yeah. I, I I was actually thinking about that too with the in the morality question in his anti horniness in his asexuality <laughs> like I, I've only seen he had sex with Fiona in one episode and mm-hmm. it was like very passionate it wasn't like yeah. uh it was like you know they they, they were fighting they were like literally fighting and then ended up having sex classic um, yeah. but yeah I I feel like having sex is evil right having sex is immoral yeah because it, it's not for too. the job. Right, and it's yeah. it's the, unless it's it the, is ju- unless it is that's true. right, yeah. and it's 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 the justification for him like turning down so many women who are like clearly like coming on to him, you know, and like meant to be like very like attractive women to the audience, and like the justification for that is like, well, no, I might not be like totally with Fiona, but I love her, and there's there's passion mm-hmm. there, and there's something mm-hmm. like very like, I think unexpected about that because like you know I think you take any like spy media and like that take james bond right he's like betting like three different women in one movie and as far as i know michael Mm -hmm. weston's best seven seasons with like an on again off again thing with his like ira girlfriend well he does he has to fuck a haitian child in one episode just as a cover (laughs) id but that doesn't count because they they made him do it Um, well and again that's like i said that's for the job (laughs) right yeah i i um it, it it is it's it's interesting what you sort of lose or gain with that. Where like I don't know, part of, I, I, you, you got to figure so much of the appeal of the James Bond shit is that he does <clears> just <throat> drink and carouse and like have sex indiscriminately, and this is like opposite that. So he must be like a more serious spy, or is it a less serious spy? I don't know. It's an interesting question. I guess he'd be like a very like American spy, right? Oh, I think, true. Yeah, that's yeah. A good point. Mm-hmm. Um, All business. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's like that puritanical. You know, work first, God yeah, hustle sex, grind second. Set. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he, I mean, he works so hard. I just, I, again, I cannot believe how cheap his rates are. I, it, <laughs> it just blows my mind. Right, because like you know, you, that loft costs something. 
I'm sure it's an awesome right lock. now. It that costs is a silly fucking lock. lock that is, that, honestly, it's a very cool set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's awesome. And every, every time they introduce no a stranger to the it. set, it's like, wow, what a fucking dump, you idiot. You, <laughs> loser. you fucking right. asshole. But yeah, it, it is interesting, though, because there is a lot of uh, I, CIA agents do become extraordinarily wealthy um, mm-hmm. later on in life. Uh, there's this one guy, uh, Porter Goss. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. No, he was a he was a CIA agent uh, up until the 1970s, <clears> and then he retired to Florida, and then became a congressman in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he retired as a congressman, he went to Sanibel Island. Uh, Sanibel Island just got fucking smashed, right? Like it direct hit by this hurricane, so it fucked up. Like the the bridge to the island collapsed completely. Oh sure. Uh, but Porter Goss, he and his CIA buddies went to go retire there, mm. and they ended up incorporating the island of Sanibel. Uh, away from Lee County. Interesting. And uh, he is he's heralded as, as a hero. There's like a, a recent New York Times write-up about him and the island uh, and what's happened to it. And they're talking about how how cool of a guy he was for preserving like the natural, like small home Floridian place, no uh, condominiums kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, for a period of time, was like one of the wealthiest congressmen he was also the CIA director from like 2004 to 2006, I believe. Yeah. Um, so they become like incredibly wealthy. Mm-hmm. On a side note, uh, DeSantis uh, has very quickly used his uh, state government, uh, the Florida Department of Transportation, to incredibly quickly fix this bridge to Sanibel and oh, really helping Sanibel Island out. Hmm. I have a theory. Okay. And this is also something that my job told me to stop talking about, but <laughs> I, if, I, if they if they listen to it this this far in, you know, it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ron DeSantis is CIA. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Ron DeSantis is uh, was created in the lab across the street from where they created Pete Buttigieg. Oh. Um, okay. Just like a different <clears throat> strain of yeast or something. Yeah. Yeah. Funkier, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a funkier, but like more alpha. Yeah, yeah, he's like a, you know you like, say that, but it's like, have you ever heard him talk? He always <laughs> that does he, have like he, a his, kind of pussiest voice. He even though he says his, his own last name is confusing to me. He's from he's from Dunedin, which is like rural Florida. I mean, like mm-hmm. a, as, as far south rural as you can go before it becomes like you know Miami Jews and stuff like that. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and he says his last name. He says hi. I'm Governor Ron DeSantis. And I'm just like, what the f- Is that how you say your last name? That's insane. That's insane. Um, But he went to Yale on a baseball scholarship. Became the captain of the Yale baseball team. Okay, yeah. George H.W. Bush was also the captain of the Yale baseball team. Baseball does kind of tracks as the most CIA-adjacent sport. I, I can't explain that, but uh, I would. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to think about that. Yeah. Um, from from Yale, he went to Harvard Law School, the other like top recruitment center for intelligence. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right after Harvard, in, in Harvard, he he joined the JAG program, and straight from fucking Harvard, he goes to Guantanamo Bay to be <laughs> a torture supervisor. Basically, like okay. he's yeah. the lawyer there saying you can dump this much water down his throat, you know, like before <laughs> right. it's not cool anymore. From uh-huh. there, he goes to fucking Fallujah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like it, 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 he has this meteoric rise to power. Uh, I mean, he was, a, he was a nobody 
uh, up until oh, whoa, whoa. he was he was the captain of the baseball team. He was the captain yeah, of the baseball that's team. True. <laughs> really that's not nobody. Yeah. But he has also this weird connection with the IDF. He was in Jerusalem signing an anti-BDS bill when they changed the capital from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Oh, really? Like, he invited, remember the, the, that condo that collapsed in Surfside, Miami, <clears throat> or in the Miami area? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. A couple years ago. He invited the IDF to come and do a search and rescue. So the IDF and their soldiers mm. were in Surfside combing through the rubble. And then mm. they did a, con- then to make you go absolutely insane, I feel like they're doing this specifically to fuck with me. They, they do a controlled demolition of the other half of the building. Uh, <laughs> like the IDF I, did it, and so uh, you know really? what's, what's Ron DeSantis is fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. He is going yeah. to take all the MAGA like goodwill, like the good parts of MAGA, like the yeah. anti-war like parts of MAGA, and funnel it into the like the the most insane, intense, bloodthirsty neocon shit. Mm-hmm. Like that is what he, people yeah. say. They describe him as you know T two to Trump's you know. Terminal. Oh, that is perfect. <laughs> that is fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Oh my god, that's gonna that's make such good memes. I cannot wait for them to run against each other. <laughs> Trump will fucking smoke DeSantis. I mean, he will. That's destroy what people that say. I, I tend to agree with that. Um, I you know, everybody says that it's it, it's going to come down to like the vaccine because and it, but this you know nobody really gives a shit about this anymore. But mm-hmm. there, I feel like there was a period of time maybe earlier this year when the conversation of will they won't they like compete against each other in a republican primary came up was this idea that trump is actually proud of operation warp speed and the vaccines and took it himself and mm-hmm. you know wants to take credit for that and desantis is you know very obviously rooted in the opposite camp and mm-hmm. it was interesting to consider <clears throat> how that would resolve itself um but you know now that i'm just saying this out loud it's like nobody really thinks about that anymore certainly not in right. south florida right cuz it, it did it did like hurt him a little bit initially but like now no one gives a shit about that but yeah. like th- there were, there was a, a like mark percent of people have taken the new booster that's out you know <laughs> what, what what do people talk what do people care about right now i don't even know oh god damn it burn notice for over the past <laughs> yeah. hour it's been burn notice oh yeah and now yeah. this new island of like ex cia apparently like <laughs> like if if their names were like General Underpants Buttfucker, they would just be African warlords. You know what I mean? Like that's the same thing, but they're just like CIA guys, so they get a pass. It's kind of fucked up, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, so maybe God was punishing them. I think by that with that direct hit. So don't you feel know, too bad. You're saying this. No, I don't. Fuck them. You know. So so <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're both definitely gonna run. Who's who's who are they gonna run with? I think it's gonna be um, a, a DeSantis Gabbard ticket. Oh, that's <laughs> they're right. gonna uh, she's, yeah. she's taking a real yeah. heel turn. But that you're right, though. I mean, at least we can we can watch those debates in a you know a year. I and, feel like um, that's something. Trump will just pick Don Jr. Why not? Who cares? Well, who does he need? <laughs> no, I'm kind of serious. Like, who does he need? Um, uh, a black guy. Oh, sure. Okay. Who's not Kanye? Yeah. I think I think I've heard Tim Scott as a good. Running mate. Tim Scott. Oh, yeah, he's a senator from South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, the black South Carolina senator. Yeah, but okay. is, he's not that, like, crazy, though. I thought he was, like, quote-unquote, like, one of the more normal center-right Republicans. Or maybe I am maybe I have that wrong. I don't know. I, I just think having that kind of shield would be perfect for him. If he could yeah. have Thomas Sowell run as his VP. <laughs> you know, but, the, you know, the, the ultimate shield. The thing about Trump has always been, like, what fucking shield? Like, what do I, what do I need a shield for? You know, like, he, he's the guy yeah. who's not really worried about that. And that is, that is why so many people... Dude, he's fucking willing. Goku, man. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and DeSantis is Vegeta, I guess. So that is, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't really know much about that lore. I just know they're no, he's he's he's, uh, he's no, that's, that's that works. Yeah, okay. he's Majin. He's Majin Buu. DeSantis <laughs> is getting incredibly fat. Uh, oh, is he really? My my, my buddy uh, who who works in Tallahassee Capitol Building says that he orders uh, like a massive BBQ platter. Like for lunch every day. <laughs> if you look at his suits, they're incredibly ill-fitting. He's getting big. Like He's going a, a big boy. A grilled iguana every day for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> dude, don't knock the grilled iguana, man. That's oh good. no, it, it seems to be working for him. He's eating good. <laughs> that's healthy, dude. Like that's lean meat <laughs> it's a, right it's a, there. It's a lean meat. Yeah. Yeah, grilled too. That's the healthiest way to eat it. Steamed iguana. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, they they have a lot of microplastics in them. I'm told. So you gotta uh, stay away. It's not Liver King approved. That's that's right. That's um, how we decide what's sorry, good. Sorry, sorry if I, I derailed the conversation here. Let's get back to uh, no. I mean that I I. <laughs> no, that's, I, that's, that's fine. We, of, or go ahead. We, we did want to talk Florida a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, it's just how, how much yeah, yeah. how much that is like. So I guess it's the central like uh, combining element of your podcast, which mm-hmm. I I enjoy very much, and you. In, in plugging it, give Rick a little. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess run down of, of the show. You and Tanner were having text conversations without me, so <laughs> yeah. you'll have to beg my pardon. Not even yeah. text. Uh, Isaac's big on sending voice chats, which I, I appreciate. Oh well, that's nice and intimate too. Cool. Glad you guys are really <laughs> well, getting along. Hey, also, you, it's, you also, it's sending you selfies. Correct. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's more like um, it. Yeah, my buddy Chris Sanders and I started a podcast called Cheeseburger in Babylon, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think the the tagline is like two native Florida men in search of Florida's humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both guys who like left Florida <clears throat> and came back, and right. um, yeah, we've been interviewing like just anybody, anybody Florida related. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think mm-hmm. our our best show so far is the guy who had sex with the dolphin. Um, yeah. we, we we hung out and talked to him. Tanner might have mentioned this to me. How, how yeah, yeah how it's, it's a reel of that one. <laughs> um, well, he he, I, I, he had a consensual sexual relationship with a dolphin. Okay, uh, yeah. the, the, he claims the, the sec- dolphin courted him. I, yeah, I believe you know, it. You're gonna have to. Yeah. I, I'm apologizing again for sounding so <laughs> stupid and ignorant. But what was that process like? Obtaining consent from a dolphin. I mean, if you're in the water with a dolphin, it, it's kind of that's its territory, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, like it echolocated <laughs> his dick, gave him like an echolocation job. Yeah, oh. I mean he he is he is very sincere in yeah. talking about how like he communicated with the dolphin some mm. way, and he's okay. he's sticking. Michael to that. Weston I, I, would not have sex with the dolphin. We know that. No, he, no, would, he would politely turn that dolphin down. He knows they're they're right. perfidious creatures that would only give him bad intel. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I um, you know I I walked away from that not being like okay I believe him but I believe that he believes that and I guess. And that's well, just that, as that's, good. That's all that matters. Right? You know, in this day and age. Uh, the sexual relationship we had with his dog, I couldn't get behind oh, that no. one. Yeah. That one, that one is like I was like, oh, it's a dog, man. It can't, yeah. it can't, can't do that. Uh, while we were we were at his house, we were at his house recording the podcast. He's down yeah. in like Punta Gorda and uh, Port Charlotte, and he when we pull up to his house. I see, like, I see, the first thing I see is a dog bowl. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> and, and he goes in, and he has a dog. And while we're recording the podcast, the dog is, like, coming between my legs with its snout. And I'm, like, uh-huh. trying to, like, push it away without making too much noise. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is fucked up, man. I can't. He just has, like, a sock draped over the doghouse, like, handle or something. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. and I, we had a specific conversation about trying to be less gross on the, and, and, like, sexual on the podcast. 
Well, this is, my, this is not been very horny. It's my fault. No, so no, no, far, no. no. But here's the thing. It, you, <laughs> you, you lured me in with the, listen, you're a bad person if you don't believe his incident with the dolphin it wasn't consensual. And then I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, you're right. I'm credulous. I buy it. I'm on board now. And then he hit me with, he also fucks dogs. <laughs> I really feel like he pulled the rug out from under me. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, he's a he's a wild guy. And Florida just seems to attract that stuff. You know, there's the whole Florida man phenomenon, which I think is partly unfair. The reason yeah. why the whole Florida man thing exists is because we have this thing called the Sunshine Law, which uh, makes available public records to everybody immediately. And uh-huh. so that's why it's so easy to, to find out like what anyone has been arrested for in any official capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's good parts about it because it exposes certain bad behavior. But people, white, white collar, collar criminals don't get punished for this. It's just like poor fucking like mentally disabled people who right. get caught like yeah. jerking off at the wrong place. Yeah, we and, every once in a while you'll see one of those magazines in Chicago that has people's head like mug shots. And it's yeah, just like, this it, is gross. It really is, especially because, like, in Florida, you'll see this occasionally where it's, like, a uh, man arrested for uh, possession of child pornography. It's just, like, yeah, he was arrested. He was not found guilty uh-huh. of. Oh, yeah, and that shit's sure. in the that's fucking permanent record. Like, so yeah. even if it's just, like, total misunderstanding, total mistake, like, Pete Townsend, like, level mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but Right, sometimes re- you're just holding your friend's child pornography. Yeah. And it's not yours, and <laughs> you get arrested, and you get your name cleared. In anime yeah. years, she's a thousand years old. I don't know what part of that you don't understand. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, it's unfortunate so for most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, one thing I wanted to say I, I, I really like about your show that sort of, like, I, I don't know, it, it, it sort of touches on a lot of stuff that, like, Rick and I talk about on and off the show, which is, like, you know, in the, I guess, just, like, cesspool of like ironic and non-ironic and hard to tell like meme pages and podcasts etc that like we bump elbows with um you know i was listening to your show and something that like i don't see people like do often is i, I forget the name of the comedian you had on Sebastian right? Scalco. yes yes well like oh. were you like you know despite him being a guest you know i it, from what i can tell like maybe like even outside of your guys' league a little bit, netting this guess, you, like, you challenge him a lot on some of his, like, clearly, I think he's very confident in, like, some of his, uh, like, political views, and, like, despite mm. having him on, like, I, I was waiting for just, like, sort of, like, awkward, like, nod and, like, get through to the next subject, and you're always like, well, hold on a minute, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I, I can't remember some of the details, but, like, some of the, like, let's say, I think he was talking about, like, uh, I don't know, I guess, like, appropriately targeted humor at, at, in some cases. Yeah, we were talking like, a we very, like, about, naive idea about that. Yeah, I, I, I found myself in the odd position of, um, well, I was, I was defending trans people from, like, just bad jokes. And yeah. I think he had a very, uh, like, Gen X boomer understanding of what trans people are. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to explain it to him either, you know, like, what the fuck a pronoun was. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we got a, a pretty interesting conversation about, like, punching down. And I guess... For me, I just like withheld judgment. Um, you know, I, I just kind of understand like different different people didn't understand. I, I didn't feel like there was a, a bad bone in his body. Uh, yeah. But I found for me, it's just like, like I just like please, someone tell me a good trans joke. Like there are right. so few out there, and I'm yeah. fine with I'm <laughs> yeah. fine with that. But like I mean, it's the, gotta be funny. The stakes are just so much. Like I I think you know fine, go ahead and tell that joke. But that joke has to be so funny that it eclipses just like the absolute like hell hell world that so many of these people have to live in every single day. And like, I, I, I think so much of what 
people's like like politics and sense of humor and like what have you is based around is is like just who is annoying to them because mm-hmm. like a a material view of politics is just so foreign and so far gone from, um, from people's heads that it can only be like punitive in nature in, in order for it to like crack up a certain person and so you know it like at like the the trans stuff does really kind of is, is a live wire for me too because you know i have plenty of trans friends and tanner obviously does as well and like it, i i think people get upset at like just goofy liberals on twitter and like yeah i hate those fucking people too but they're not, you know kamala's not doing any anything for trans people fucking you know Whoopi goldberg mm-hmm. or whoever the fuck you're mad at at any given moment is not doing anything <laughs> like they're basically on your side really if you think about it and yeah, I don't know. It's it sucks. It's shitty. Yeah, no, it's 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 tough. It's especially tough for trans people. And I was thinking about this recently. How um, like the qualifications for being trans is just you say you are, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So there's no like system for becoming trans in, in any like the, the community mm-hmm. itself. Like anybody can belong to it without any sort of like ritual or or like process or even like a hazing right like yeah. anybody I mean, imagine if you could get burned from being trans yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna riff on that that i wouldn't go uh, <laughs> uh, maybe i don't know but uh yeah, so, yeah wonder, <laughs> where does michael weston stand on the question uh, <laughs> uh but it's it's unfortunate like the, the trans community has to answer for sometimes just like it, literally like mentally ill people or people yeah. who are acting in bad faith like the canadian teacher with, with tits like yeah right that's, that's not fair one. that's a tough that's not fair to as an ally yeah. and lie. like uh, uh that 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 korean spa situation or that like when uh, uh like someone said like a, a, a like a, a man's in the bathroom with like his dick out and mm-hmm. then everyone's like oh no they're trans a woman's a woman and it turned out that the person was in fact like uh, a sexual predator yeah. yeah, and it's just it's just so unfortunate that like the knee jerk reaction is like, well, they say they are, so we have to like defend them, and mm-hmm. then there's like so much backtracking and like right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's difficult because I think a lot of the time there there is the tendency to say, well, there just isn't room for nuance anymore, and because all of our conversations happen online and are you know just transmitted through social media, everybody's going to hear everything and respond has to respond to everything. And every single story is has, has to be funneled through Mm -hmm. every political lens that you can possibly think of. And so this impulse to kind of take a step back and be like, well, we just got to look at it with nuance is I think a good one, but also because things are so weaponized now, it's like, all right, if we don't apply this full on blanket, like affirmation of trans people and their bodies and lives, then all that does is like seed ground to people on the right who are going to mm-hmm. like latch onto that and be like, well, yeah. if we got this little, you know, this little like point in the victory column, then it's just a matter of time to accumulate those until we're back where we are now, which is people like just reverting, you know, their, their stance on just gay people at large, you know? Because, yeah, like, I, I did not see that one coming. I did not crazy. think we were yeah. going to go way, like all the shit way in churches back. that you see on the internet. Okay, about, you're really in the heart of it over there too. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's also weird because it doesn't, it like, I don't know. I, I mean, it doesn't feel like that in a way either. I mean, I'm not gay, but um, I am Jewish. Although mm. I'm like reject, <laughs> I'm rejecting that. Like I, because of how other Jews behave, because of Israel, because mm. these are all these people who like proudly say they're Jewish and are are doing things to me that I grew up that are go, go against <clears throat> what I thought being Jewish meant. Right. 
I'm just like, well, then either you're not Jewish or I'm not Jewish. And it's yeah. just easier for me to say, you can have it. Like, I'm not I'm not that thing anymore. Like, I don't want it. But uh, I, I don't know. It, it Like, it feels scary here. But at the same time, it's not like... I think about this too. Like, so t- Tanner, you and I, like, I guess we kind of bonded over just like talking shit on Instagram, right? Yeah, it like, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we first started talking after I had made that video a couple months ago. And oh, yeah, yeah. I love that video. I, yeah. And, and like, and I saw I, which one, what video? The the sort of like uh, it was the video collage I made in August with set to the um, Resort Delani track. It's like three and a half minutes. Mm, okay, go on. Um, and so yeah, we started talking on that about that. And what's funny is like my Instagram persona is completely different than I think my real life persona. Like I'm super nice. Like I am not rude. I will in, engage in any conversation with anybody in person. Like I have like conservative family. <laughs> Hell, members. you talked about burn notice for an hour, so I, yeah. I believe that's a very nice thing of you to do. Yeah, just let, let us do that. Yeah, it's it, for me like in person. It's just it's so easy to get along with almost anybody. Um, whereas online, like I used to engage sincerely. I used to try to like reach people, but it just doesn't happen. So now I'm just like a total prick online. Like I will not. <laughs> Like, I, I will not try to, sit, like, have a real conversation with anybody. Like, if, if mm-hmm. we're gonna, if they're trying to, like, like argue about how, like, Putin is bad and, like, we should give money to Ukraine or something like that. I'm like, I, like there's no fucking point in yeah. really engaging right. with that person. You know what has gone a long mm-hmm. way, or I, I think a societal force that has definitely brought that out of me is the amount of, like, spam texts I get now, you know, where everybody has these little phishing texts and emails and calls. And it's always like, oh, hi. It's like, hi, my name is Hot Girl. Um, are you Hot Girl Oh, too? yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, and you respond with whatever. And the, the bot response is, damn, well, I guess I'll just continue being a hot girl. But this time alone. And then I'm trying to get you to engage. And then eventually it's like, you yeah, know, I yeah. could really use a kidney mailed to me if that's an option. And, like, you know, you can recognize those patterns now. And gets me on the wrong day uh, or maybe the wrong hour of the wrong day or really just any time at all and I'll oftentimes <laughs> fight, just vent to the bot and just be like fuck you fuck you fuck you like a thousand times like you piece of shit because sometimes they're bots sometimes they're not sometimes they're just people in fucking I, I think they, they, I think they oscillate back and forth like the bot sometimes starts it's your grandma it who, got a, who got the wrong number somebody texted me over the summer and, and was like Hey, uh, I have this number saved in my phone, but I don't have a name for it. Like, who is this? And right away, I was like, get the fuck out of here. You think I'm a fucking idiot? And the guy was like, oh, no. Well, I think we met at this gallery. And it named, like, a gallery that I went to in, like, this t- period of time. It was a guy yeah. that I, you know, I guess I'd given my number to. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I had to pull it back and be like, well, I'm sorry, man. You know, it's spam emails and everything. But it's just like, it, it, it really is. That's a that's hilarious. Where, we're at, where it's like just these little pinpoints of like just just isolating our humanity from one another in a very shitty yeah. way. You, you've really done a great job, I think, in illuminating why I respond to these the way that I do. Because I, I always respond to them, <laughs> as you know, and I send you screenshots of them. And one of two ways, if I'm in a good mood, I will say I am first last name of a friend we know i'm a domestic terrorist right and then I'll, I'll, I'll i'll screenshot that and Which send it to the friend funny. <laughs> I, I think it's funny no it is funny <laughs> because it's it's funny to see like how much are they willing to like allow me kind of like go unhinged while still trying to run their scam like, yes. how, like at what point right. are they like hey i need to go on my scam and call the fbi <laughs> or what I'll do is I'll send the most like disgusting picture on my phone that I have. If I'm yeah. like really angry at this person, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I pretended um, like someone was ki- trying to kill me, and I was like, I- I'm begging them to call the police to save me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Michael Weston thinking. That's, you know, the old yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it is really just like such a it's it's such a cliche thing to say, like a sign of the times. But like the fact that spam text bots and emails are back. It's a, uh, it's the real life version of the sidewalks in Florida, where they're just sinking into the earth, just puddles <coughs> appearing out of nowhere, and you're like, boy, that seems bad. Is there anything we can do about it? I guess probably not. Um, <laughs> what I'm gonna go do is yell at somebody in traffic instead. That'll that'll right. make me feel better. What I'm gonna do is go Photoshop a picture of Joe Biden leaving Harp Weather Station the day before <laughs> the hurricane, <laughs> and just throw that into the ether and see what happens. And you know what? Both of those are valid responses, I think. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it it it's man, it is it is it is strange times. Anti-Semitism is back with the force too, man. Like the okay, yeah. Like, so what's your experience with that, Ben? Uh none. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't look he's Jewish. Not, he's not Jewish. God. He just he just yeah. told us he's not Jewish anymore. I you know I I, so he I know can't the, experience it. Oh. I know the exact well, moment nice. that I, I became Jewish. I remember it. Um, I was with my dad. We were, we were driving in his uh, green Ford truck. And he's a, a deal hunter, good Jew that he is. Sure. And he would go to garage sales, and I was too annoying, so he'd just leave me in the truck. Okay. And we were like, uh, he came back kind of fast and in a bad mood, and I could tell something was up, and I was like, what's wrong? And he's like, ah, oh, the guy said something I didn't like. And I'm like, what do you say? He's like, oh, I was asking about this chainsaw, and he said, don't Jew me. And oh. I, was like, I was like, what's that? What's that mean? Hmm. I must have been like eight, nine years old or something. Mm-hmm. And he explained to me like what it meant, and immediately I was like, I'm Jewish. I'm uh-huh. fucking Jewish, right? And I got, yeah. I got, it was, it was born in like victimization okay, and anger, um, and I think that's like, that's like why I think the the Jewish culture, the Jewish identity, has had like one of the, the longest uh, co- like contiguous cultures, right? Is because mm-hmm. we're born of victimization. Like every holiday yes. is like, remember what they did to us? Remember right. like when they tried to kill us and we just like barely got uh, out, but for the grace of God, <laughs> you know, like. So I, I, I think that I'm, I'm tired of that now. I don't know. I'm tired of like the yeah, no, I mean, victimhood. It, it makes sense what you said. I think the Jewish identity is one that is characterized by what has been done or attempted to be done to it. Um, and that has got to wear on you after a while. Well, and, and being hated is also just like fun too. Like it, it's like yeah. being like you're, you're both the underdog, but like technically like not really like you're doing pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it gives you a great sort of like oppression narrative. Like, yeah, I, like, I went like you're to like school. Eminem kind of, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I went to a school where I was like one of the few white people and I, but I didn't want to be like the white person. So I was like, actually, I'm not white. I'm Jewish. Like I, oh. I was able to like separate myself from with like a half degree from mm-hmm. all the other white kids. And like, so I was like cool with the black kids or whatever. Um, but that, yeah, it was, it was silly stuff. And I personally haven't experienced any significant anti-Semitism online all the time. Just like oh, really? constantly, sure. That's constantly. And, okay. um, well, it, you know, it's the, getting weird. The, you know, many sad things about that, but I think a, a big cause of like the rise of anti-Semitism is like, you know, conspiracy theories and oppression and like powerful forces, like the cracks are starting to break. And I think they're, yeah, those things become more and more visible, especially like with how much access people have online, but like more and more people are walking away with like the wrong prescription or the wrong understanding of like what that thing is. And I think, yeah, a rise of anti-Semitism just really indicates so many people just walking away from like, Oh, nine 11 Jews. Oh, like global homo Jews. Mm-hmm. Right. And 
you know, it's sex. I, I think that like conspiracy theories are a good gateway into like getting people like politically interested and like pushing them left wing. But I don't think that that's the sort of like result majority of the time anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, the problem with conspiracy thinking is that it inevitably leads towards uh, fascism because yeah. you you need uh, someone to blame in a conspiracy theory and someone to punish, right? And therefore, you need that violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, I, I'm ready to like, you know, I, I feel like I'm in this, uh, uh, conspiracy cocoon, cocoon right now. And I can't wait to turn into like a, like a, some beautiful butterfly, like that transcends conspiracy uh-huh. because it's mm-hmm. not, it's not good for me. Like I, I, I know that it, it, it's an ugly worldview, even if it's the real one, you know? So I'm, I'm kind of like torn between how yeah. I should think about these things. Because I used to be into like Buddhism and basketball. Like I was traveling the world playing basketball. I was in Tibet coaching like Buddhist monks because I was like, yeah. "This is it. No, this that is seems everything." Than like just yeah. reading McGowan <laughs> at night. Yeah, <laughs> and now that's what I do. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped yeah, meditating no, well, I mean, and started reading. You know, I, program I think, to kill. So, <laughs> so first of all, welcome aboard. Nice to have you. And I, but like, I think a lot about that and. One of the big things on, um, I don't want to say right wing, you know, social media and Instagram, but but reactionary certainly is the sort of return to traditional living and like blotting everything out and just like enjoying the view of like the the lake vista or whatever and not giving a shit about whatever like political mayhem is going on at any given moment. And it's, it's very easy to picture two, you know, coping and seething soy jacks being like, can you believe what X said to Y or like the protest or da 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 And then there's a Chad yeah. guy and he's just like, oh, it's a beautiful day to milk my cow and fuck my wife or whatever, right? <laughs> and that's silly. But like on one hand, it, it you know, I, I, I was the kind of guy who all, all my life like really wanted to have kids and start a family just because like, you know, my, my parents are, are still ha- very happily together. They seem to get a kick out of having a family it just always seemed like that was the thing to do and you make a great dad thank you i think so i appreciate it right back at you and um tanner on the uh, hello tanner <laughs> <laughs> so i i can't have kids as of t- this week so tanner did get great. snipped we can talk about that no later. way but yeah um i, I, I have think to yeah, we'll get back to that <laughs> <laughs> but but like i i don't think i don't want kids anymore you know, hmm. and people ask me what changed about me sometimes. And I you know, my answer is nothing changed about me. Like, I, uh, I think the world is what changed or at least like the amount of knowledge. About Your understanding world, of it. The, my yeah. understanding of it is like, I don't know how you could wake up today as a clear minded, salient individual and say, I would like, like one who consumes media to perhaps an extreme degree. But and say to yourself, I would like to bring in a child of my own, like blood and body into this world and like force them to be a part of it you know like i really do think and in an abstract way but like that if i can reach my natural death without experiencing some catastrophe either you know nuclear or or climate related or what have you then i'll be lucky you know so to tack on another 60 70 years of that for a child to like like that gamble of 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 promising them have them have them start later increasing the odds of yeah right like it just seems so like i don't know i can't countenance that you know i I feel like i've gone in the opposite direction okay i i i I went in uh, thinking i never wanted kids and now i'm kind of real quick what chapter of program to kill are you on because that that (laughs) uh it's page two oh okay Um, the problem i have with like program to kill like is the same thing i have with uh 
a lot of some of the independent journalism out there yeah. is that like if I get all academic about it, I'm like this isn't properly sourced. Like I can't like I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know about this. Uh, um, like boring, I know boring, word, boring. Boo, I feel like it's like kind of like QAnon. Like I think that the sentiment is right, the details are all wrong, sure. but like I think that they have like the general idea down. Sure. Um, like That's Daniel Hopsicker, I don't know if you're familiar with his work. He's like a big 9/11 guy. Yeah, um, I to your his? episode with him. Yeah, yeah. What's that? Which one was his thing? He he uh like no planer. No. No, no, no. Well, no, no, not what is no, his he's thing, like what is what did he put out? Like what is his He wrote a book uh called Welcome to Terrorland where he did a lot of on the ground like good uh uh you know journalism uh yeah post 9-11 like he he was looking into stuff that nobody else was he like interviewed muhammad atta's stripper girlfriend like oh wow he 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 helped expose like the plot to kill george cool. bush before yeah. 9-11 i was at by the way i was at the school george bush was at my school i was there the day he was at 9-11 are so. you kidding me yeah so i was no at the kid, middle no I, was at the, I was at the middle school he was at the elementary school right next door to us um, oh wow so like sarasota has a weird connection to 9-11 but um that's crazy yeah, I think ha- having kids, I don't, I don't, yeah, I I used to think I didn't want to bring them into this world, but I think I have this weird, uh, I'm a fighter, like, I want to fight, I don't mm-hmm. want to give up, feels like giving up, like, okay. uh, I, I think about that. this as, like, as, a, as a basketball metaphor, like, when I, I play a lot of street ball, mm-hmm. and I like a goofy looking white guy, people don't take me seriously, and yeah. I get, I choose, I, I'll, if, if they don't know me, they'll put me on a team with all scrubs, right? Like yeah, nobody will pick me mark. up. Yeah. yeah and, and so I have to wait a while. I, I, like sometimes I've waited like two hours to play one game sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when it's finally my turn and I've got nothing but crap on my team and we've got like a 99% chance of losing, what am I going to do? Yeah. I'm going to play as hard as I fucking can. Deep. Okay. Yeah. Like, cool. cause the 1% chance of like winning makes it worth it. And I waited this long. I might as well just fucking go all out. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good yeah, outlook. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's how I, I, I've, I've started thinking about things just in general is like, yeah, we're all doomed. It's, it's all, we all have our own personal apocalypse, right? We're all going to die, mm-hmm. yeah. but you might as well just like play as best you can until then. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I think uh, the way my mind tends to shift, like, let's say for example, my internet's out for a week and like I end up being a lot healthier, um, and just an outlook, you know, I don't think we will ever be granted a swift apocalypse, a, oh, no, a no, painless, yeah. like immediate end. It will just be a slow burn towards, you know, like we'll just be frogs in a, in a different pot of shitty boiling water. I mean, the, we, just, the world the, is the people just south it. of me uh, just had their own apocalypse. Yeah, Hurricane right. Ian just wiped out their shit. They're mm-hmm. fucking homeless now and they yeah. have no recourse. They're not going to get money for their houses. We overnight have like 500,000 new homeless people in the state of Florida. Jesus. So yeah. like it, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, it happens every day. So, so what is, know. what is the attitude in Florida? Like vis-a-vis the, the Ian like catastrophe? Like, do you, do you, is it, is it possible to identify new like doom adjacent, like black pilled thinking and just people on the street? Or is that just like not even how, you know, people, I, I think their it, lives? It, even as the hurricane approached, it was a, a better them than me attitude, right? Because, oh, okay. you know, the hurricanes wobble. Like, they never hit where they say they're going to hit. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, 24 hours before the storm was going to hit Sarasota, I was on the phone with my dad and my mom. I'm like, are you guys worried? And my dad was just like, no, they said it's going to hit us, so it's not going to. 
Right? Oh, I see. Yeah. But a lot of a lot of what people do leading up to that is like, I hope it goes to the north. I hope it goes to the south, which basically means I hope it fucks up somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And here in Sarasota, life has gone on as usual. We had a little bit of the hurricane, like people lost power, trees went down. We didn't have a storm surge. We had like actually a reverse surge where the water went out. Oh, but we're gonna we're gonna that's expl- convenient. We're, but but this is the problem with this is we had all the rain dumped down, and so all of the rain has to eventually flush back out to the mm. sea, carrying with it just like the most toxic shit. And okay. we are gonna have uh, likely a massive uh, al- uh, red tide bloom, right? Like okay. like harmful al- algae that. Uh, sucks up all the oxygen in the mm-hmm. in the water and kills any fish that runs into it. So well, that four years, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's bad. It's really bad. It's like, this is apocalyptic. Four years ago, we had the worst one in history because of oh, Hurricane shit. Irma. Uh-huh. And every day, millions of dead, stinky fish would just wash up on shore every single day. Mm-hmm. Well, what I if mean, they like, were invasive? That would be good. Maybe I have a whole thing on invasive things. Invasives, <laughs> invasives, invasives actually aren't, aren't bad. I think that's... Uh, okay. That's anti-immigrant propaganda. <laughs> That's a whole other fucking thing. We, uh, we're gonna, next, next episode. Yeah, Next sure. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you can... Uh, I, I wrote a story about python hunting, and I kind of... Sympathy for the python. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Is it like... No, well, no, you're right. We'll save it. We'll save it. That sounds interesting. But go on okay. with, your, with the algae, because I, I know nothing about this. Well, so that's what's kind of funny like about... Be, becoming regional, like knowing where you're from. And this mm-hmm. is a problem with most Floridians. Most people, I think only 30% of people who live in Florida were born here. Mm-hmm. Everyone else comes from other countries, other states. Yeah. And with them, they bring their own memories. They bring their own understanding of the world. But it's not sure. Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this really funny viral video, darkly funny, viral video of this, of this girl who's like picking up a turtle and from from the road and being like everybody you see a turtle make sure you save it and then she like goes like hashtag saving turtles is life mm-hmm. and then she throws the turtle into a body of water on the side of the street uh-huh. it was a gopher tortoise an oh. endangered <laughs> terrestrial oh, reptile and she fucking killed it uh-huh. and she's from florida and it's like how did you not know that how did you not yeah. know that like one of our keystone species <clears throat> can't swim you just fucking killed it like that's you're an adult you shouldn't do that <laughs> and that, so that's the thing is like we we i grew up not knowing this place mm-hmm. uh trying to escape it hating it and now that i'm back like i'm becoming floridian i'm like earning it like by mm-hmm. understanding it better and yeah. so hmm. i think that's what we should do I, I think that's like the future of politics is just like hyper local get involved like my plan is to run for office Oh, cool. My opponent will use this podcast against me, I'm sure. Yeah, well, um, you know. well, as long as we get another listener, that's good. <laughs> yeah, how are you guys doing? How are you guys feeling? Some about intern. The podcast? Oh, wow. Oh. That's, that's a horrible time to be asking us. We are working out kinks, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, having yeah. a podcast is a lot harder than you want it to be. Yeah. It's a lot of Rick work. Is, Rick is much better at this than I am. and I. No, no, that's not true. It's just th- different. There's, there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot more, like, like, I think, more personal anxiety, like, wrapped up into it than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's vulnerable. It's exposing. It's, like, I, I like the exercise. I like the ritual, like, forcing yeah. myself to do it every week. Um, yeah. I, I just, like, Tanner is a lot less interested in being unprepared and sounding stupid than I am. Where I don't really <laughs> give a shit about sounding like an idiot. I'll just, it doesn't matter. I'll just keep going. 
Yeah, I would say about half of our episodes I really, really like. Yeah. And the other half, I'm like, I have like certain things that I get Name fixated names. on, and I'm struggling with. <laughs> well, see, I was, I, I've liked pretty much every time we've had guests on has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, so the solo, the solo shows are, are tough. Yeah, yeah. You, you, there's so, a lot of pressure to keep it going, and mm-hmm. some you of the can't really collect your thoughts sometimes. Right, some of the early ones where we did like a lot of research and stuff that went into it, I really, really like. But it was also like taking away from. As much as I was like proud of those episodes and happy with them, it also meant like taking away from, you know, very strong like personal goals that I have that were just like you know put on the back burner in the meantime. So it's hard to find a balance between here's this thing that I kind of like and I can be proud of, but am I willing to put the time into it? And when I'm not willing to put the time in it, I'm not happy with it, and it gets like so we're 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 constantly revising, and you know mm-hmm. Rick is a a good sport with how erratic i can be about it so yeah i i I think the the trick is just to just to do it right like just keep going and uh i think the form will find itself as you just keep making them yeah um so it's a lot of crap but the funny thing about podcasts is is like there doesn't seem to be any uh memory of them like very few podcasts end up like being referenced Having unless like it's like a replayability or last yeah ability. i mean so it, it it does feel like it like jazz you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. like yeah. in the moment improvising and so uh you know i do listen to old episodes if they're of a subject matter that i, I want to familiarize myself with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's a person who i like am a fan of um but there's just so much crap out there it's just like it's just a drop in the bucket, man. Like, yeah. you know, don't I, worry yeah. about that. So you can either view that as an asset or like a mental asset or something that you just you can't get over being another one of those drops in the bucket. And right. I right. see both sides of it. Uh, I just uh, like hearing my own voice is really what it comes down to. I, 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 I am thrilled to listen to the CIA podcast this week that just dropped yesterday. The official Langley Which, podcast. The, the oh, official shit. CIA oh, okay. I, I thought he did a CIA project. I was like, did I text him out again? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be cool. What we, it'd uh, be so funny if the first episode is this, them just like, oh, man, I don't even want to do this. Why do we have another fucking podcast? <laughs> this sucks. I just want to talk about movies. Well, we can start and finish there. Um, who are you and where can people find your stuff? Uh, my name is Isaac Eager. I'm a Florida writer. Uh, I think my voice just cracked. Do that again. You can leave that in. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, so <laughs> now nah, we're leaving that in. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's more. It's more authentic. My voice cracked. Uh, I'm a 34 year old man. My voice still mm-hmm. cracks. Uh, yeah, you can find my writing at uh, Apocalypse Florida, uh, or watch me shit post on Gluten underscore Daddy. And oh yeah, I have a podcast too called uh, Cheeseburger in Babylon, where we talk all things Florida. <laughs> all right, well, there you have it—the um, inimitable and unelectable Isaac Eager. <laughs>